folks, Catherine Joy and myself are so excited to be back for another episode of the Now That We're a Family podcast. We are fresh off the longest vacation that Katie and I have done ever without the children. And so we're excited to talk about it. It came with many rewarding moments, but it also came with some learning moments. And so we're going to share about some of those today. I also wanted to ask if you're able to leave a rating or a review on this podcast, Katie and I would love that so much. That is one of our favorite things. Well, I shouldn't say it's one of our favorite things. I should say the reviews are one of the ways we receive the most encouragement for this podcast. I mean, we love it when you guys DM us or when you tag us on Instagram or when you email, email us and talk about things that you appreciate about the podcast. But when we read those reviews, that means so much to us. So if you're able to go to iTunes and tap on either the five-star rating, or if you've got the time to leave a review, that not only encourages us, it also increases the, uh, the reach that the podcast has on the various platforms, if you're able to leave reviews on those platforms. So that would just mean a lot to Katie and myself. That's the one thing. So let's just get going. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, so it's for the love of Elisha that I am out here tonight. We just got home from a road trip. So we had a seven-hour road trip at the beginning of our trip. And then we were, Elisha and I flew, we dropped off the kids with his parents. Then we flew to Hawaii for seven days and, or six days, right? Yeah, that's funny. Just Elisha and I. And then we flew back, got home at one in the morning, drove home today with our kiddos, and just put them in bed and are sitting down to record a podcast for you. And as much as I love you guys, I would not be doing this right now if it wasn't for Elisha. Well, this was a big deal to me because (laughs) many of you know that we missed last week's episode because we just chose to take a full-on vacation. Katie and I were away and we just decided to not pre-record one and just have it be a, a, a straight up off week of really any content creation. We didn't do the podcast. We didn't send out any emails or we didn't really create anything on Instagram. Uh, and so it was a straight up vacation, but I wasn't willing to miss two weeks in a row because I don't think we've done that since starting the podcast. No, definitely not. And, and I respect you for that, for sure. Uh, so I'm I'm out here with one earring and my notes on a paper paper plate plate yes paper plate so hopefully this goes better than the prep but honestly I'm really excited to talk to you guys about what we learned because it was a wonderful trip we had so many special memories but we also had a lot of room for growing in our marriage yes we we were able to identify a lot of the areas where we had room for growth in our marriage. And so, yeah, we, we went to, Katie already mentioned, we dropped our kids off with my parents, and then we flew to Hawaii for six nights, which is the longest we've ever been away from Well, okay, I think it was five nights, six days. No, no, it was six nights. We can count them. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Today's. We got home Saturday. Oh, night. you're right. Okay, okay, okay. You're right. Five nights. That's right. It felt like six <laughs> well, nights. Well, yeah, you're because we we're left both in the middle night. of the night that first night to leave when we left our kids. It was six nights away from our kids, five nights in Hawaii, and it was obviously an amazing time. We were able to soak up the sun. That's why Katie's tan looks so amazing right now. That is El Natural. <laughs> right there. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I just used to it out of the bottle. 
No, but no. Are you kidding me? You always have all natural beauty. So this is just this just enhances it. Gives you that summer glow in the middle of winter. Uh, but we enjoyed our time in Hawaii. We got we we were able to enjoy everything that Hawaii I feel like has to offer. You know, as far as like sunshine, warm ocean, the mountains, zip lines, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, magic shows. All the norm, the normal things you oh, do. Yeah, the magic show is sweet. It was sweet. Uh, and so it was a carefree, lighthearted time that I felt so abundantly privileged to be able to experience with you. I mean, the fact that we have four young children and that we were able to not only organize it with my parents and that they were willing enough to take all four children for that many days and then being able to go go away to the to Hawaii. This is actually a trip that we had been saving for for over a year. We were originally going to go to New York City right before COVID hit, and we had been saving for that. And that obviously what we weren't able to do that because of everything shutting down. But we decided to keep saving for a getaway that we could do with just the two of us. And this was the the first opportunity that we really had since COVID and since working and, you know, having, finding time to find babysitters. So we were really grateful to be able to do it. Yeah. I think actually that kind of is the beginning of the problem that I personally experienced in Hawaii. And that is because we, we talked about this trip a week after I'd had Lawrence and we're like, okay, when are we going to be able to get away and feel like fancy free again? And we're like, probably in about a year when Lawrence is weaned. And so I was really, really, really looking forward to this trip. And the expectation that I placed on it was very high. And sometimes it's hard with expectations because it's like, we don't want to communicate them sometimes because that almost takes away the point. You know Mm. what I mean? It's like, if I have to tell you, then, then then it's already a fail, you know? And, and, but I think that in this instance, I just was anticipating the trip. I was anticipating just Elisha and I feeling very carefree and, and, you know, young and fancy free, I think. And, um, it's not how the trip started off. Yeah, that's right. And so we, uh, in you know, just so that everybody knows we, in conclusion, we had a blast on our trip. Yeah, and it did. was fun, and it was romantic, and it was relationally enriching. Uh, but now we're going to get into the stuff that didn't go so well. But I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression that like we didn't enjoy ourselves in yeah, Hawaii. We, we certainly did. enjoyed ourselves, and and it got better and better and better as as the time went on and as we worked through stuff. And honestly, I think that trips like this, when it's just you know Elisha and I, we have that time and almost more stuff can come up because we don't have the distraction of the children. We don't have the shared like vision of the children. And it's actually really helpful. I feel like, cause it just has us tap in and be like, Hey, where's our marriage when it's just you and I, Yes. where are we? How's our communication? How do we resolve conflict when there's no distractions? And so it's always, it's always good for that. Yeah. I think that struck me a few times on our early on in the trip when we were having this conflict and we were having a hard time communicating through various expectations being, you know, being failed to be met. And I realized how when we're at home, even if you or I, um, you know, frustrate the other person or there's some conflict or, you know, poor communication, the, a lot of times we're kicked out of that and we're brought back to unity by the circumstances of the home, by the kids needing us or by needing to do something, you know, record the podcast or needing to go to church and or needing to just get ready to and host people in our home. And then you like, you're unified for that mission. 
And it's like you kind of forget that you were ever having a hard time communicating. That can that's in a lot of ways that's a good thing when you've got those yeah. unified missions where you're kind of like, okay, this is petty that I misunderstood what you're asking when you yeah, asked. you can come back and be like, oh, hey, sorry yeah, that about was, that. That was silly. Yes. I there, was emotional in that moment. Exactly. And there can be a lot of health in removing yourself from the situation, focusing on something else and coming back and being like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, mis- I misunderstood you and talking it out. But we didn't have that when we were in Hawaii. And there were a couple times, a couple de- really the first two days, yeah, where we came to a time where we were, maybe expectations were not, clearly understood or communicated and and were failed to be met. And when trying to communicate through it, we just were not doing a good job at it. Yeah. And then we were just sitting there in the room. uh, Yeah. Once we talked it out, it was like, okay, we still feel lame. Yes. Like we, like, how do we get back to liking each other again? How do we get back to having fun? You can't just like pretend this didn't happen, Yeah. but nothing, there's no demands on us right now. It's like, what do we do? Yeah. It was, it was kind of a bizarre feeling. Yes, exactly. And I think that uh, and we, we're, we're keeping it vague, but it's really not that complicated. I think we both just had different ideas of how we were going to spend our time together. Like you said, this has been a, this has, had been a trip that we were looking forward to for over a year, which led to there being a long time <laughs> for expectations being built up on both sides. And yeah. And, and frankly, part of this was out of our control. Some things happened that changed the trip for us. And a lot of this was triggered by a circumstance that was completely out of Elisha's in my control. Yeah. And we just had to roll with it. Yeah. It was so, nobody's fault. No, it just like came it was, up. It was just like, well, this is just the nature of the trip. So yes. Yeah. And, and I think that we weren't very good at then at that point, that would have been a great time to like articulate what we had previous, because we both could have realized like, oh, this is nobody's fault. This is what I would have liked to do, you know, in these days, but this, that's not going to happen. But instead we both just kind of like held on to our expectations mm-hmm. and, uh, and then eventually started harboring ill feelings towards the other person for not meeting these expectations that we had so firmly established in the year leading up to this trip. And so you know, they were things around romance, how we were going to spend our time, the type of interactions that we were going to have, you know, how much, how much just alone, how much alone time we were going to have, how much together time we were going to have, how many activities we were going to be doing and so on and how structured I think the trip was going to be. And, uh, and it was really the end of day two that we finally had a breakthrough. And obviously we had good times between, you know, day one and the end of day two, but it was peppered with a ton of poor communication, like there being some big time tense feelings between you and I and it not being carefree. Yeah. Kind of like both of us feeling like we're walking on eggshells around the other person. And that just, that just compiled the frustration because it's well, like, I was going to say, yeah, it, it can be hard in a situation like that because your time's slipping away yeah. as well. And so then that can cause stress to be like, okay, this isn't fun. We aren't enjoying each other. And you know, four hours went by. How are we going to, you know, we can't get that time back. How are we going to redeem this trip? And, mm. and so I think that that kind of added to the pressure maybe of trying to resolve an issue or yes. move past it and get on the same page. Yeah. So Katie and I both wrote down a few points that we took away from this. And what was cool is that I think we were both able to see how we had built each other up in our own mind. Like I had built Katie up in my mind and Katie had built me up in her mind to a level where we were expecting something from the other person that whether or not they were able to fulfill it, it wasn't fair for us to expect it 
of the other person. And ultimately, I think it was idolatry and idolizing our spouse and putting them at too high of a place in our heart. Yeah. So anyways, one of my first points is, um, we can do is what we can put our hope. We can, we can, you know, inappropriately put our hope in things that are futuristic and we don't feel that guilty about it because, or we might not even feel notice that we're doing it because it's a future event. It's it, we, and we do this like, Oh, and getting through pandemic, you know, when things get back to normal or when we get out of debt or once I'm done with this annoying job, you know, and I'm finally able to go full time in my business or once I'm healthy again, it's like, once I get through this sickness, then I will, what, then you'll have, you're putting your hope in a futuristic thing. That's not Christ. Like that's apart from Christ and you're, and you're creating an idol in that thing. And I mean, I remember young, as a younger person, in like 15, 16, and 17, it's like I put my hope in like future Christian camps. It's like, oh, Camp Dwight's <laughs> gonna be awesome, you know, or so and so's wedding's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna see Katie there. And I'm not saying we shouldn't look forward to future things that we do desire, you know, like a job change or you know, getting out of debt or getting healthy. Those are great things, but we can inappropriately put too much hope in those things and in so doing make them an idol. And I think it's so much better to recognize that prior to being let down by that thing, because ultimately the most scary thing that can happen yet, or, or the healthy thing is that you do get that thing. It's like, oh, you do get financial freedom and you realize it wasn't the thing that was going to give you total purpose and hope and fulfillment in life. Or you Peace. do, yeah, you do get to whatever, you know, that business level or you get to that level of health and you're like, oh man, I was putting way too much hope in this. I think that we're, we can today acknowledge the various idols we've built up in our heart and say, Oh Lord, you know, forgive me. I want to find my hope, my future hope in you and you alone, and then pursue these other things out of the abundance that you've put into me. Yeah. I just think that that's really powerful. I think something that you said on the trip that I think was really cool is you were like, Katie, how wonderful is it that the Lord loves us so much that he's not willing to let us find complete satisfaction in anything outside of him. Hmm. And I think it's so cool because we came to this point of like, we were seeking each other to satisfy us in a way that only Christ can. And not only is that unfair to your spouse, but it was also something that Christ in his goodness and in his mercy won't let happen to his people. He will keep that hole there of a lack of fulfillment or that lack of peace or that lack of just satisfaction when it is outside of him. And I just, I don't know, that was just a really beautiful picture. Mm. And it changed the way I was viewing the moment of like, oh man, we're like wrecking this trip to like, wow, how cool is it that the Lord was not going to let us just move on and everything go smoothly when we are finding too much hope in the other person instead of in Christ. Yeah. And I just think that's just... What a blessing that it is. is. It's his rich mercy that, you know, I guess that, that, that does that, you know, he's so abundant in his mercy so that we don't, he doesn't let us just keep going down this path and feeling, uh, a level of satisfaction that just makes us content there. You know, we both knew that what we were trying, and really, I think this was something that we both realized too, there was spiritual deficiency Mm-hmm. in our lives going into this trip. So mm-hmm. we're not talking like, oh, we just needed some relational, fun, flirtatious marriage stuff. I'm sure we desired those things. We got to experience those things. But I think that at the core of it is that we were 
you know, malnutrition. We, we, we're deficient in spiritual health mm-hmm. going into this and in our intimacy with the Lord. And I think that we had thought that the other person was going to get us to this place of feeling more vibrant and healthy in a, a spiritual place, even if we wouldn't have articulated that way, when really, of course, only Christ can do that and only a thriving relationship with him can and looking into him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, yeah. So of course, like got married, God created marriage to satisfy various aspects of our life and for it to be a very fruitful thing with it being under the headship of him, of course, him being the head of us and us finding our hope and fulfillment first and foremost in him. And that having our marriage, the identity of our marriage found in that first and foremost. Yeah, we, I think we're trying to achieve that oneness outside of Christ being at the center of our marriage. Mm. And when he wasn't at the center of, or the main focal point of our hearts uh, individually, and then as a couple, and uh, it just, it's, it was we aren't going to have the same supernatural oneness and unity. And we're trying to achieve that outside of Christ, even though mm. we are both you know, blood-bought believers. Yes, and that's crazy to think about. Like, it tells us in the Bible that marriage is a mysterious thing, that two become one. It's not uh, It's not just some mathematical equation. It's, <laughs> it's spiritual. Marriage is a spiritual covenant between man and woman, between God. There's. It's not just you and me. Like, God was a part of the original union, and he's got to be a part of a marriage to make it a biblical marriage. You know, it's not just like, oh, a biblical marriage is between a man and a woman. It's like, no, a biblical in a Christian marriage is a man and woman and God. Like, that is the way God ordained marriage to be, and that's what a Christian biblical marriage is. And so to think that we could walk in a fulfilling, meaningful, purposeful, fruitful marriage without abiding in the vine, without having a fruitful relationship with the Lord, is really silly, and it's counter to the definition, really, of what a Christian marriage is. Yeah, and it was so cool to see once Elisha like pinpointed that and you said that to me and I was able to see, oh, wow, that's crazy. That's what's going on. We really were able to unify over Christ in our marriage Mm -hmm. and just having that perspective, that spiritual perspective enhanced just the superficial here and now relationship Mm -hmm. that we had as well. And we were able to move forward from that point and stop hitting the, the speed bumps that yes. kept happening up and up until then. Uh, so anyways, I, I actually, Elisha, if we could just go through everything that you have. Yeah. You don't want to give any of your practical no, no, insights. No. no. Okay. So I thought those were good too. Um, but I thought that maybe we could share those at the end. Okay. So and just kind of, cause I like the vein and I think that you're going down and I think that it's the most important thing. Okay. So we'll and just keep kind of going on we'll my We'll go points. down, you know, my practical stuff at the end, but, okay. but without what you're sharing, there's, this is only band-aids, you know? Oh, I got you. Yeah, have to share. Good. yeah, Katie's got really helpful. And but I I think really helpful band-aids, but yes, they're so yeah, no. uh, well, I, I think we both are those were huge takeaways for both of us yeah. on on this trip that we're going to apply to our life, I think. Yeah. Um, but hopefully with our heart being more, you know, firmly planted in, in what the Lord wants for us in marriage. Um so I kind of combined my first two points. I just realized that you know they, what? It's okay. I don't think our listeners really care. Okay, well, they're not keeping track. I thought they like had their note books out and they're writing point number one through point number three down that Elisha was sharing. Maybe not. Okay. So yeah, point, my point number one is that we can put our hope in futuristic things 
not just in, in marriage. You know, this was a futuristic event in our marriage. That I think Katie and I were putting a unhealthy amount of hope in, but we can do that in futuristic changes of circumstances. And what's crazy is that a lot of time we don't realize it until we are disappointed, but I don't think we need to be disappointed in order to realize that. I think we can repent and I think we can find our hope and satisfaction in the Lord in the moment. That was my second point. Uh, my third point is realizing that in, my, in our relationship with the Lord, or really in actually seeking satisfaction, I, I just as, as human creatures, we are going to be seeking satisfaction in something. And if you're not proactively pursuing your satisfaction coming from the Lord, from a vibrant relationship with him, you will place, you will create an idol and you will put that, that pursuit of satisfaction into something that not only is sinful, well, yeah, actually it's not only going to let you down, but it's sinful and it's harming your relationship with the Lord. And it's actually making you walk in a way that's contrary to who you are in Christ, which is one of the worst things, worst feelings ever is like when you're created to walk in holiness and walk in the good works he's you know set before you. And then you walk contrary to that, you know, it's wrong. It's dishonoring to God. It's not bringing him the glory that is due him, that he sets you apart to accomplish through your life. You don't like it. Like you don't like it. It's sinful. And if we're not proactively, fervently pursuing satisfaction in the Lord, then we're misplacing that pursuit and we're pursuing something that's really inappropriate for us to be finding our satisfaction and our hope and our joy in. And that's something that I think I was really asleep to. I was really numb to. I thought that there was like this neutral place almost. Maybe I wouldn't have said that, but that's how I was acting where it's like, I'm just kind of, I don't know where I'm trying to find my hope or my satisfaction. Just kind of, you know, maybe Katie, maybe this trip, maybe business, maybe money, like sometimes the Lord, but it's like, no, if we're not consistently and daily looking up and put it, fixing our eyes on the Lord, we are going to fix our eyes on something that is far less than what God has for us. Yeah, I love that. We're just never neutral. Yeah. It's never staying the same. And if we aren't pursuing the Lord, then how, you know, we talked about being just a fresh well, like being a fresh well of water for our children to just pour out on them, being a fresh well for conversations with friends that we have and not just regurgitating things. You know, Elisha and I grew up in Christian homes. And so we have a ton of scripture memorized. We know Mm. a lot of, you know, air quotes, right answers to say, or we can carry on a Christianese conversation, you know, fluently. Uh, But that doesn't mean that our relationship with the Lord in that moment is life-giving and vibrant and we're close to the vine. And I think that that's really something that we're craving. Yes, And we can't just check that box and move on in terms of closeness of relationship with the Father. Yeah, it's crazy how when you look at the way Paul writes, you know, he was living and having his being in Christ. He said to live is Christ and to die is gain. And it's so clear that for the believer are, it says, I think in Colossians, when Christ, who is our life appears, we shall appear with him in glory. But it's like, he is our life. He's our source of life. He's our hope for life. He's our purpose for life. He is our life. All things that pertain into life and godliness is found in him, in the person of Jesus Christ, in the knowledge of him and knowing him more. And when I think about my recent weeks, I think I had really categorized my relationship with the Lord as, you know, that stereotypical, like my hour devotion in the morning, if if it was an hour, you know what I mean? Or like my time of praying with the children or my time of going 
to church rather than living and walking and being out in the workplace and being in life and having my being and my hope and my satisfaction in my life being rooted in Christ and having it be this flowing relationship where I'm talking to the Father, you know, and, I, and I'm seeking counsel with him and I'm, and I'm, you know, sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and the conviction that he's placing on my heart and where he's guiding me and being sensitive to what I'm supposed to speak, you know, and having it becoming, having it be through this filter of, you know, does this bring glory and honor to, to my father here that has, that has saved me and has set me apart. And uh, again, does this change our positional righteousness before, before God? No, like that's the point is that once Christ accomplished what he accomplished on the cross we were wholly right before god but we have this life this time here on earth that he's now set us apart to walk in the good works that he's before ordained for us and we can walk in an intimate relationship with him where we know him and we're confident and when crazy things are going on in the world we're at peace in the lord knowing that he's ordained every future event and every past event from before time even existed you know, like he created time and he created it knowing how it was all going to play out. And when we're close to the author and the finisher of our faith, the author of all creation, and we know him, then we can really rest and trust in him. When we're not close to him, we might know, you know, like cerebrally that, oh, God holds all things together, but that not might not bring that much peace if we're not relationally close with God. Because like, yeah. oh God, like, yeah. yes, some far off sovereign being is in full control of every world event, boy, I wish I knew him better so that I could like find hope and peace in that. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I remember my mom saying a long time ago, like you trust, you only trust people as much as you know them. Hmm. And I thought that was just an interesting concept. Wow. Uh, We have to really get to know someone to put our full trust in them. Yes. And so, yeah, just getting to know God's character and stuff. Anyways, that was a pivotal, pivotal place in our trip is when we took our eyes off each other, off of Elisha, off of me, off of the trip. And we're just like, Lord, forgive us. You know, at Mm. least me. I I definitely felt that way. Oh, me big time. Are you kidding me? I was the biggest culprit of this whole thing. No, you were not. (laughs) No. So I wanted to go over a few like practical things though. I, on my paper plate here, when your spouse, when your, when your spouse, mm-hmm. when your spouse fails to meet your expectations, um, these are some things that we take away, we took away from our time in Hawaii. And the first one is I think just a mindset. Elisha and I repeat this over and over to each other when things don't go right. And that's just like, we want to be lifelong learners in our marriage. And so we, you know, we're married for life. There's no out. And so we want to get to know each other better. And so whenever something goes wrong, we were pretty quickly able to step away from it, you know, a couple hours later and be like, wow, I'm so grateful that we had that discussion because we learned something about, I learned something about myself. I learned something about you. Or at one point we're like, I think we've learned that our marriage dynamic has changed a little Mm. bit. So we need to adjust Mm. accordingly. Yes. Um, And just seeing those difficulties or maybe what could be seen as like, oh, we're wasting, you know, part of our vacation, disagreeing or having this conflict or, you know, what could be a really negative light. Because once you start viewing things very negatively, it's easy to, it's easy to spiral, Mm. I guess. Yeah. And blame and complain. And instead of just thinking, okay, what can we take away from this? What did the Lord have for us in this? 
and view that as a positive thing in a range. Mm, yeah, you you brought that up. I think we both brought it up a couple times, but you initiated that the first time of really, you know, it's like I feel like we've done it in business. Like what did we learn from that maybe mistake? What, what, what went well? What didn't? What worked? What didn't work? And we both, you brought that up after the first day, just kind of like, okay, like what worked? What didn't work? Why was that an issue? And we were able to break it down kind of, it's that visual picture of instead of sitting across from the table, you know, complaining to each other, arguing with each other, you know, when the problem's in the middle, it's like you sit on the same side of the table and you look at the problem together. And I think that you really initiated that that first day by asking those questions because just by asking that question, it made me remember that, oh, that's right, we're the team addressing the problem together or the issue. And that that really was helpful going forward because we were able to do that numerous times. Well, I really like too how you you said, hey, you know, we're lifelong growers in this marriage. And and I just thought, oh, that's so cool because it, it made me feel like, oh, we aren't stuck here. We aren't, this doesn't have to happen again or happen the same way. It's not just my tendencies, Elisha's tendencies. It's like, no, we're going to, this is worth learning and mm. worth going through these processes where everything isn't perfect because it's in the imperfect moments that you learn and you grow. Yeah. And so those are healthy to have. Something that was huge for us is when you prayed for us. So this was, okay, so we had a disagreement the first day, kind of worked through it, uh, moved on. Second day, again, I think at this point I was just like, you know, going to Hawaii and going on a trip is kind of like a self-serving thing. Like you're just eating all this expensive, rich food. You're laying on the beach. You're, you know, there's no demands on your time. Going to the spa. (laughs) It's um, really easy to just start being like me, me, me. And I still felt like this isn't satisfying me. This is not, you know, and ultimately it was my relationship with the Lord that needed to be changed. (laughs) But I think I was thinking of like, okay, maybe when I go home, you know, what I'm doing at home isn't working. I was just kind of like thinking everything was broken and I needed to fix all of it on this vacation somehow. And then I was like, you know, I don't feel like Elisha's really being like that support or that emotional connection that I need him to be, which is like ridiculous uh, because he was... Well, I wasn't being it. (laughs) No, no. Um, he was just the only person there. Right. So I couldn't really point the blame at the lady and the cheetah bikini next to me. So I had to point the blame at Elisha and, or at least that's what my flesh did in that moment. And Elisha, so that happened the first day or the first day we had a riff. And then the second day that night we had something else. Yeah. And at this point you're starting to feel a little bit like, okay, is this every day? Yeah. You know? Like, when are we going home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it was just like, this stinks. Like, why couldn't we argue back at home and then have a good time here, you know? Yeah. And and you prayed, and that really changed the entire trip. Well, I shouldn't, like, I feel like you're giving me the credit for that, but it's crazy how my heart was, I prayed because, I mean, this is a good reason, to, there's never a bad reason to pray, but I prayed because I literally didn't want to talk anymore. It's like, I was done trying to work it out with you. I was done trying to understand where you were coming from or done trying to feel understood. We were just sitting there and you weren't leaving, you know, and I was like, okay, well. As you do. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to pray. I don't know what else to do here. And I mean, again, my heart was nowhere near even like wanting to 
I think I wanted reconciliation. I wanted reconciliation, but I didn't want to have to go through what it took to get reconciliation, if that makes sense. And and so I was praying, and it's just it's funny because I don't think my heart was right even when I was praying. And but you know the Lord blessed us in that, and both I think just took our eyes off of each other. And it's funny because you were just talking today. You're kind of like, yeah, I could tell your heart was not in that prayer because basically you're just like bringing up all the things that I was doing wrong. <laughs> it's like, Lord, I just really pray that Katie and I will not try to find satisfaction in things that we cannot control. I mean, I wasn't mentioning you by name or like saying the specific things. No, you kept saying we, but it was yeah. very specifically things that yeah, I like, had done. <laughs> yeah, please forgive us for this thing that Katie did and please... I pray that we would help find more satisfaction in you instead of Katie Fine trying to find it in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you pray, one, the Lord does hear our prayers. Mm. Two, it's a way bigger difference when Elisha prays versus me praying for whatever reason in those settings. Um, it just, there's a different response. And I don't know why that is, but in our marriage dynamic, I feel like it's just, it just blesses me when Elisha prays first. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that because it's just different. And I think that even in that moment, like you're opening yourself up intimately when some, with someone else, when you pray with them, hmm. you really are, you yeah. know, maybe you didn't feel that way, but I really felt like Elisha shared things on his heart and praying to the Lord. It was like a forever long prayer um, that he was not willing to share with me in the moment. And I think that that often happens in prayer. And I think that's something that's such a blessing. Um, sometimes I feel like Elisha and I, you know, I'll wonder it's on his mind or whatever. And then we pray and it's like, he's able to pour his heart out to the Lord and I can be kind of a fly on the wall listening. Hmm. <laughs> and so anyways, I just felt like that was really encouraging. And that was really, that was what, you know, yeah. changed our the trajectory of the rest of our trip and allowed it to be this awesome. Yeah, Fun that, time. that makes sense. Because I think that like even in my self-interest and like self-preservation, selfishness, I knew that uh, we needed to communicate, mm -hmm. but I was too selfish to like communicate basically with you. And I was like, I'd way rather just talk to God about this. You can listen if you want. Uh, and it's like your therapist in the room. You're just like talking to them. Yeah. And yourself. it's, and that it wasn't instant, uh, like, deliverance I don't feel like in the sense that there there was a lot more peace but it's not like you and I all of a sudden were just you know happy-go-lucky you know back to back no. to just carefree and, and loving it but well we were both really sore and tender and on eggshells and it's like it's hard once you're on eggshells I think that was like the biggest issue once you know once the first issue happened once the second issue mm. happened, it's like okay now we're on eggshells yeah like yeah. How how do we how do we do this? Anyways, <laughs> it's I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Uh, I think most marriages could probably relate to being there at at least at once. Yeah. Time in their life, um, where you're just going, how do I get to the other side of this? Like I know we used to have fun. I know, yeah. like two hours ago, you know, yes. we were laughing and joking, and and what just happened here? And so I think that's something that actually was has been really helpful for us. We're getting better at actually applying it quicker and applying it systematically, I guess, is once we've talked it out as much as you could talk it out, like in this instance, we talked it out, we prayed, we still felt lame, but it's like, okay, now we have to keep going on with life. We didn't have any distractions with the kids right. or work or anything to throw ourselves into. We created that break for ourselves 
And um, one time we napped and then woke up feeling like, okay, great. Like it was just this like reset because again, we talked about it. So it was like, there wasn't any deeper root we needed to dig up. It was like everything was dug up. And so it was sore and like not fun. Right. This this wasn't like brushing stuff under the rug. No, because that doesn't work. Yeah. We had pulled everything out from under the rug and then we're just kind of like, oh, well, there it is. Okay. Now, now what? And then we took a nap and we woke up and like, whoa, hey cutie. Like, Let's Who are go you? To the beach. Let's go. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was a big difference maker. Again, we had multiple uh things come up the first couple days of our trip. The second time after you prayed, I was like, "Hey, do you want to like watch something on TV?" And, you know, that's the most edifying thing to do after you pray. So, Elijah's <laughs> like, "Sure." Yeah. Katie you know, I- we didn't really want to talk to each other. Katie and I are like, I don't know what a good comparison is, but we are like flies to a, what what do flies go to? Like a, a, a fly trap. A fly trap. We're like honey? flies to a flies to honey. We're flies to honey when there's a TV in the room. Neither one of us grew up with the television in our home, and still to this day, it's like we're amazed by it. Of course, we like watch stuff on computers, but t- television is like changing the channel and just not knowing what you're gonna get. Is Elisha likes that a lot more than I do. Oh, whatever. Come yeah. on, don't throw me <laughs> under the bus here. You sit I there don't. mesmerized. I don't. I I do like the commercials. There you go. You like the commercials. So we started channel surfing. Yeah. And just like got our minds off of the problem at hand. It was actually helpful. It really was helpful because then we started joking about things that were completely non-related to the issue and just let the issue have some time to heal up a little bit and just joke about, you know, Elisha's telling me that WWE is real and I'm like, no, it's not. This has got to be scripted. This cannot be real. And he's just like, Elisha can be so serious when he wants to be. He's just like, no, Katie, it's real. Like everything is, is real. So I'm like freaking out. Like, how can I prove to my husband? He is crazy. This (laughs) cannot be more than like a skit or something. Anyways. And so we started like arguing about that and laughing and joking. And then, you know, just a little time passed. It's like, you just need that time to pass. And then it's like, okay, we're friends again. And we can look back at the issue and be like, okay, that was there and we're through it. Yeah. And, um, and that really, you know, set us off for a fun trip. But I think that sometimes that little strategy that we've employed, not just on this trip, but I think this was the first time we identified it as something that's been helpful to us every time we've done it is it is after we've talked it out and things are raw, giving it time. Hmm. And if, the kids are there or there's work, then it's great. You know, Elisha will go do his work or I'll do my stuff. And then we'll come back together at dinner and be like, you know, good to go. Yes. Or if we're together, we have to think of something to do together where we aren't talking anymore. Like we're talked out. Right. We're over it. We don't want to hear another apology. We don't want to know what you were thinking when you said what you said, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, this isn't shoving, it's not, you know, hiding it under the rug. It's like, okay, we did, forgiveness was made. We did all these things, but we just kind of like want to change the subject. Like, can we we please move on from this? And sometimes it's nice to have something to kind of give you a catalyst into another subject. Yeah. So anyways, that's something that's actually been pretty helpful when we're on our own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we're on our own. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for yes. listening. This is, I thank you so, yeah, just thank you that you guys listen to this podcast. 
that you uh, encourage Katie and I, however you do it. We're so grateful um, for you. We're grateful that we get to do this on a weekly basis. It's something we look forward to and we really, yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. And you know, as much as I don't like coming out here sometimes when it's cold, I'm always glad when we do. Yes. So thank you guys. Bye-bye.